Good morning. Thank you for joining us for our study of Isaiah this morning. Uh, my name is Gregory Baines, and I am the Worship Associate of Music and Media here at FBC Keller, and I'm blessed to be able to bring the lesson this morning. Uh, if you have your Bible, please open it to Isaiah chapter 23, and if you don't have it, please go grab it um, so that you can follow along as we, we look at God's Word together this morning. In Isaiah chapters 13 through 23, God pronounces judgment on the nations. He speaks through Isaiah to pronounce judgment on Assyria, Philistia, Moab, the northern kingdom, Israel, Ethiopia, Egypt, Babylon, Duma, Arabia, Jerusalem, and Tyre. Now, as we read the Old Testament, sometimes it is very easy for us to forget that God is not just concerned with what is happening to his people, but that he is the sovereign ruler of the entire world, of all nations. This section, Isaiah 13 through 23, gives us a great perspective on, on how God is in charge and he is the king of all. Um, so when we read prophecies of judgment, it can be very easy for us to get lost in some of the figurative language, all the poetic nuances of what's happening, and miss kind of the point of the passage. Um, so today we're going to make it really simple. We're going to read Isaiah 23, 8 through 18, the whole passage, then go back verse by verse and break it down. Now what we'll see this morning is, is God's sovereign power, as we mentioned, his justice against the proud and, and wicked nations, and how he works all things for his glory and the good of those who love him. Now let's open our Bibles and look at Isaiah chapter 23, verses 8 through 18. Who has planned this against Tyre, the bestower of crowns, whose merchants were princes, whose traders were the honored of the earth? The Lord of hosts has planned it, to defile the pride of all beauty, to despise all the honored of the earth. Overflow your land like the Nile, O daughter of Tarshish. There is no more restraint. He has stretched his hand out over the sea. He has made the kingdoms tremble. The Lord has given a command concerning Canaan to demolish its strongholds. He has said, You shall exult no more, O crushed virgin daughter of Sidon. Arise, pass over to Cyprus. Even there you will find no rest. Behold, the land of the Chaldeans. This is the people which was not. Assyria appointed it for desert creatures. They erected their siege towers. They stripped its palaces. They made it a ruin. Wail, O ships of Tarshish, for your stronghold is destroyed. Now in that day Tyre will be forgotten for seventy years like the days of one king. At the end of seventy years it will happen to Tyre as in the song of the harlot. Take your harp, walk about the city, O forgotten harlot. Pluck the strings skillfully, sing many songs that you may be remembered. It will come about at the end of seventy years that the Lord will visit Tyre. Then she will go back to her harlot's wages and will play the harlot with all the kingdoms on the face of the earth. Her gain and her harlot's wages will be set apart to the Lord. It will not be stored up or hoarded, but her gain will become sufficient food and choice attire for those who dwell in the presence of the Lord. Now let's jump back here to verses 8 and 9. Who has planned this against Tyre, the bestower of crowns, whose merchants were princes, whose traders were the honored of the earth? The Lord of hosts has planned it to defile the pride of all beauty, to despise all the honored of the earth. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but I had not had any kind of historical, political, 
understanding of Tyre. So I had to, to look it up and praise God for those resources, commentaries. But uh, what we see with Tyre is a very wealthy nation. And from context, we can get this. They were the bestower of crowns. Their merchants were princes. They were like princes and their traders were honored of the earth. So this is a Probably a, a modern-day equivalent would be, be something like New York, a, a center of trade, a, a large city where um, Tyre was a port town, so ships would come in, and, and we see that all throughout this this section of Scripture as, as Tarshish was a was bringing in its its ships and couldn't do that anymore. But but Tyre was a very very wealthy city, um, and they had become so wealthy that they thought they were something. They were proud people. They were. I'm consumed with materialism that we see, and and God has placed judgment upon them, and and that's what happens in verses one through seven. We didn't read, but it's the pronouncement of judgment against Tyre, and and so we start with the question: Who has planned this judgment? And in verse nine, we get the answer: The Lord of Hosts has planned it. Yahweh Sabaoth is is the name there given. To the Lord um, to describe Him, the Lord of Armies, the the Sovereign King, to, to display God's power here. He has planned it, and, and for what purpose? To defile the pride of all beauty, to despise all the honored of the earth, to to put them in their place and in perspective. Now that may may seem kind of harsh, but that it really is the best place for them. When we have a distorted view of ourselves and and God, um, we get puffed up and proud, and life does not go well for us. Um, so here in verses 8 and 9, we see God's sovereign power over the nation, the city of Tyre. Um, we see how God has planned for the destruction of this nation, and, and we see why he has done it. He's give reason, given reason through Isaiah. So let's look at verse 10. Overflow your land like the Nile, O daughter of Tarshish. There is no more restraint. Tarshish was a, a far city that would have to come in um, across the sea and would come to the harbor at, at Tyre and, and trade and sell goods. So um, there is no more restraint now poured out on Tyre. So to Tarshish, this is going to be hard for you as well because God has stretched his hand out and he's made the kingdoms tremble. In verse 11, the Lord has given a command concerning Canaan to demolish its strongholds. Tyre was a that stronghold there mentioned in verse 11. Look at verse 12. God has said, You shall exult no more, O crushed virgin daughter of Sidon. Arise, pass over to Cyprus. Even there you will find no rest. So Tyre and Sidon are, are mentioned together. Jesus even mentions them, mentions them in the Gospel of Luke and talks about judgment there. Um, but but those were two, two major cities there in, in that area. And then um, Cyprus was a island kind of fortress thing so so here arise go to cyprus even there you won't find rest when when god executes his wrath there there is no place to flee and, and hide um because he is all powerful and we see the verse 10 there's no more restraint the time is past for restraint and now there's nowhere to hide behold the land of the chaldeans Verse 13, this is the people which was not. Assyria appointed it for desert creatures. They erected their siege towers. They stripped its palaces and they made it a ruin. Just like Assyria attacked Babylon, the land of the Chaldeans, um, this is going to happen to Tyre too. You're going to have a terrible time about it. Now, whale, O ships of Tarshish, 
Verse 14, for your stronghold is destroyed. You have no place to bring and trade your goods. Um, Tyre, you will not be able to carry on the way you have always done. So um, there's some encouragement there for you in your Sunday school lesson. God brings judgment, and that should encourage us. You know, when we think through God is just and he executes wrath and has the power to, um, it is a comfort for us to, to recognize the justice of God. Um, and see how his wrath is poured out. And, and one of the ways um, we see God's detailed nature and, and his control of all things is the precise way that in which he judges. Um, look at verse 15 here. Now in the day in that day, Tyre will be forgotten for 70 years like the days of one king. At the end of 70 years, it will happen to Tyre as in the song of the harlot. Now, that's a very specific number, 70 years. There's some debate over whether it's a literal 70 years or if it is a perfect amount of time. Regardless, what we see here is the precise detailed nature of God's plan. There is a time of judgment. Um, here it is, 70 years. And once that time is passed, this city is going to be like the harlot in this song <laughs> that um, was probably a very well-known song that people would have recognized that, but um, we see here, what is the song? It's given in verse 16. Take your harp, walk about the city, O forgotten harlot, pluck the strings skillfully, sing many songs that you may be remembered. So this song is a story of a prostitute who has been forgotten. She is not valuable anymore, and she needs to figure out a way to to make money. So she sings a song. She walks around to try and get back some of the attention she once had. And and so this is then applied to Tyre in this way. Tyre, you, you were rich. You were success, successful. You had... Um, many nations that you would trade with, many groups that you could um, reach out to and, and friends there, um, but but no more. Now you will be like that forgotten harlot. You will not be wealthy. You will not be prosperous. You will have to, to, to dig and, and walk around and figure out something else just to get a, a scrap of the attention that you had before. Um, this is what God does to nations who... Um, resist him and set themselves up against him and, and make themselves to be like God and self-sufficient. Um, now, whenever we think of, of God's judgment, often, I don't know about you, but oftentimes I view it um, like somehow God lashes out, like God has had enough and then says, boom, here's the judgment. I'm bringing down the fire and I've had it with you people. I'm going to judge you. I think that's a wrong view of God. Um, one, he is all-powerful and, and controlled in everything he does. God is never out of control. Um, and I think it's difficult for us sometimes to understand this because when we think of wrath and judgment in, in our human and sinful nature, often we lash out. I know um, I have been guilty in, in disciplining you know, you just get upset with your children and you yell and you go, man, I lashed out. That was wrong. And you seek forgiveness and, and talk to them. Hey, daddy messed up. But um, our heavenly father doesn't make those mistakes. When he, when he judges, it is in perfect timing. It's in control. We see the detail here. 70 years it will happen. And then 
here's what's going to happen. Verse 17, it will come about at the end of 70 years that the Lord will visit Tyre and then she will go back to her harlot's wages and will play the harlot with all the kingdoms on the face of the earth. But there's a twist here. Verse 18, her gain and her harlot's wages will be set apart to the Lord. It will not be stored up or hoarded, but her gain will become sufficient food and choice attire for those who dwell in the presence of the Lord. So we see here verses 17 and 18 that that God is going to come back and restore a part of Tyre. Now she's not going to be nearly the economic powerhouse that she was, um, but she will make money. The difference here, instead of that money making Tyre the bestower of crowns in verse 8, and the merchants who are princes and traders are honored of the earth. Instead, their money is going to be used um, for God's purposes and God's glory. It will be set apart to the Lord. It won't be stored up or hoarded, but her game will become sufficient food and choice attire, not just for, for God, but for God's people, for those who dwell in the presence of the Lord. So God is going to use Tyre for his glory and the good of his people. The Apostle Paul, on his way to Jerusalem, um, saw and prayed with a group of believers in that city. Now, I don't know if this is a direct prophecy like, hey, one day this is going to happen. Um, But it's pretty cool to see this fulfillment in in a broad sense of how God has taken the city of Tyre and and planted a church. And now there's a group of believers here so that when Paul is being taken back um, or taken to Jerusalem, he um, has a moment where he prays with these people and they actually tell him, please, Paul, don't go back to Jerusalem. He kind of goes on this trip. Don't go, don't go, don't go. But but there is a group of believers here. Um, Let's look at Acts 21. If you have your Bible, which you should, um, flip over to Acts 21, verse 3 says, when we came in sight of Cyprus, leaving it on the left, we kept sailing to Syria and landed at Tyre. For there the ship was to unload its cargo. After looking up the disciples, we stayed there seven days, and they kept telling Paul through the Spirit not to set foot in Jerusalem. And when our days there were ended, we left and started on our journey, while they, while they all, with wives and children, escorted us until we were out of the city. And after kneeling down on the beach and praying, we said farewell to one another. Then we went on board the ship, and they returned home again. So we see the Apostle Paul come and stay with these people for seven days, and then they care for them, they eat together. And this, I believe, is, is a fulfillment of God's prophecy here through Isaiah that... Um, Her gain will become sufficient food and and choice clothes for those who dwell in the presence of the Lord. Now, um, all this is kind of a a walkthrough of this prophecy and give us some historical context for what's going on and and talk about the implications of the future. But the question still becomes for us, now that we know what this scripture says, what can we walk away with? How can we apply this to our lives? So, Um, Some questions for us here. One, are you like Tyre? Um, Has materialism become your God? Is it something you obsess over? Now, culturally, um, we are very materialistic, and and the world is constantly pulling us, hey, love stuff, love stuff. And uh, we have to be very, very intentional to say, no, things, things are not worth it. I need to trust the Lord 
and and use stuff um, to glorify him and not be used by stuff. Um, so that's the first question. Are you like Tyre in that way? Do you, are you materialistic? Do you think you're self-sufficient? That's the other question. Do you believe that you've earned everything you have and you should receive some sort of congratulations as if it's not the Lord who's putting every breath in, in your lungs and, and keeping your heart beating? Um, if this is you, please repent. Um, I know I've, I've been convicted uh, in study and preparation for this week. God, I, I so often um, am, am so quickly pulled to things that, that are not of you and are um, focused on, on myself. So, um, brothers and sisters, if, if this is something that controls us, let's leave it and be controlled by God. Um, surrender to Him. Humble yourself before the Lord, and, and let's be the people who dwell in His presence, the people who God takes from the proud, materialistic, and, and provides for, um, those who trust Him and, and walk with Him. And, and when we do, we see His faithfulness in that. So um, let's have a word of prayer, and, and that'll be it for our study today. Father, thank you for your word. Um, even this pronouncement of judgment, God, and it causes us to, to be moved to repentance and, and Lord, to trust you more. Um, Lord, we confess that, that often um, we are, are consumed by stuff and, and materialism is a sin um, that as a nation we, we fall under. Um, so we ask God for your mercy. Lord, that you would be merciful to us on an individual level and to our country. Lord, um, help us this week. Lord, would you search our hearts and, and show any unclean way that it was within us. Help us to, to leave that behind and, and follow you, um, that we may dwell in your presence, Lord, and, and enjoy you forever. Thank you again for your word, which is, is good and, and is profitable for us. And just pray this morning uh, that you would work in our lives and hearts and make us more like Jesus this week. In his name, amen.